Hello, Next Man Up and Eagles fans. Unfortunately, I'm unwell and unable to join this podcast today. However, I do have a quiz for you while I'm not present. Anthony is hosting today, and during this podcast, my question for you is, how many times will he say Sipos's name? I'm going for seven. Get your guesses in. Go Birds! Hello and welcome back to the Next Man Up podcast produced by the British and Irish Eagles. Liam is still on IR and we haven't designated him to return, so he's out for this week's podcast. In his place, yours truly, Anthony Bullock, is host, and I'm joined by two people who are fighting fit. Phil, are you refreshed after the bye week? Uh, yeah, I've been, um, it's, it's weird, isn't it? So it was quite, it was a nice break in a way, but it was also weird. Um, nice to be able to watch Red Zone, I suppose, for a change without having to be worried about the Eagles having just lost or about to lose or, or let you down or whatever. It's nice to watch um, watch the Giants and the, and the football team get um, get beaten. I mean, you know, it could have been a trifecta, but obviously one of them had to win. Um, but yeah, I just pretty much looked, looked forward to the, the Grand Prix and it didn't really disappoint at the end, I don't think. So that pretty much was my sport in this weekend. Um, didn't really do an awful lot. Christmas shopping, I suppose. That's about it. <laughs> Last minute Christmas bits, Mick. You posted on social media a picture of the incredible number of uh, corks from all of the whiskey that you've drank. This oh, yeah. Year. Did you drink less this week because the Eagles weren't playing? You know, I probably did, in all honesty. Um, but it, it was good just to relax for, for a week and just watch Red Zone. And, you know, but you still sort of miss it. You're looking. Um, for all the, the news coming out of you know, the training during the weekend and, and there's, I think there was just a media blackout from the Eagles so it was just you sort of felt left out a little bit um, on the bye week but I suppose it, it was nice just to like you said not have um, not be worried on on, the sun, on Sunday morning and through Sunday evening so that was that was different yeah, there was definitely less less emotions, weren't there? As you were heading in, heading into the weekend, but there was still lots going off in the NFL, lots going off in in the sporting world to to keep us all going. Obviously, the F one, like you say, Phil didn't didn't disappoint, did it? Um, so we we all chilled and were able to to watch Red Zone, which was quite nice. And of course, Liam had to go one one better and decide to pick up COVID um, to go along with his dodgy knee. So uh, um, get Liam. I'm sure you'll be listening to this so uh, we hope you get well soon and uh, are back on the podcast um, as soon as possible um, there was a bit of a, a media blackout from the Eagles but there were a couple of um, roster moves just before the bye week um, an interesting one with um, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce his first name right Laravon Clark who's an offensive tackle he was on the practice squad and the Eagles decided to sign him to a two-year contract, which means he then ended up on the active roster um, so to make way. Um, Mac McCain, um, loads of M's and C's in his name. Uh, the, the rookie corner um, was waived and then added back onto the practice squad. Um, but I think it just shows, you know, the Eagles continue to always look at ways of bringing in depth for, for, for the offensive and the defensive lines. Yeah, it's, um, to, to be honest, that Mac, 
Um, again, just seems to be on and off, on and off all the time. It's like every Sunday you'll see his name on the 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 uh, deactivated sort of list that comes out. I've, I, I'm not even sure he's real. I think he's just he's a ghost that just haunts the, the, the <laughs> Philadelphia <laughs> just now. Given the but, current climate, it's uh, it's probably wise to have all these players floating around. Here. It's going to be lots of players from lots of teams just flitting around the place, plugging. Plugging holes, plugging gaps where people are dropping like flies, as we'll, we'll probably get into with, with not only the Washington football team, but you know, the Browns and that have designated about 14, 15 players injury. I mean, they've just caught wind of the Eagles injury report, and it's looking touch wood, relatively healthy and relatively clear of any um potential, you know, uh pitfalls with um with only some limited practices on limited practice there, individuals on there, no, no. Did not practice. No uh, particular alarm bells. Just sort of plenty of rest. We hope there is no review this week. So obviously it was the the bye week. So there's no good, bad, and the downright sexy, except for for us three. And I'll let the listeners decide who is who. Um, so <laughs> it feels wrong not to have that section. Out, doesn't it? <laughs> so we we do look ahead to the nameless football team from Washington. Um, the, the first question before we dive into the matchups is, is this game going to go ahead? We've alluded to the, the injury lists and, you know, Phil, we're recording this on uh, Wednesday evening and there are 17 players named on their COVID list. You know, does, does the NFL postpone the game? Well, I was saying before we went, went recording that the NFL were pretty clear at the start of the season how they were going to approach sort of the, the, the pandemic, the vaccination situation and what happens if games are look like they should be postponed. And it doesn't really seem to be any any noise coming out from the side of, oh, if they lose any more people, the game won't go ahead or, or they've lost enough people. So unless there's some positive, uh, negative tests coming back and people can return before Sunday. that So uh, then that sort of alludes to me that they're basically saying, suck it up, buttercup and um, find some players milling around the streets, which, you know, with the way the NFL works is a very real possibility that they can just find whoever's going spare. You've got a healthy leg, you've got one leg. Now we'll just find another guy with the other leg that works and we'll just strap you together and we'll, we'll stick you on the pitch and you'll probably do better than nothing at all. But um, yeah, I think it sounds like it's going to go ahead, but I suppose we are only on Wednesday and there is another three day, three full days for things to get worse, better or... Or, or whatever, but you know, I hope it goes ahead because, well, I say I hope it goes ahead. I mean, I don't know what has no teams ever had two bye weeks. I don't know what that kind of impact that has. Whether we would have a full fighting fit Eagles team going into the last games or, or what? Well, I guess it remains to be seen. I love the idea of Roger Goodall on the phone to uh, Ron Riviera saying, "Suck it up, Buttercup." <laughs> I, all I was imagining was Ron Riviera driving around the streets of Washington, pulling people into a van, saying, <laughs> right kids, shut up, you're playing this Sunday." <laughs> got the, uh, the, the, the water boy in at, at right tackle, just Josh Sweat has a career day. Um, Imagine if we lose to like a Washington football team made up oh, of like, <laughs> made up of a few people off the street. Uh, be, be funny. Pulling so, people off the stands. For for the purposes of the podcast, we're obviously going to assume the game is going ahead, um, and it's a, a a vital match in the race for the uh, the wild card spot in the NFC. Um, 
as you would, you know, both the Eagles and the Redskins have the same record at six and seven. And as you would expect from a six and seven team, Washington have strength in one or two areas and a lot of weaknesses elsewhere. Um, one of those strengths is the run defense. Um, they're top five um, in the NFL, um, allowing less than 100 yards per game. But they're going to go toe to toe with the Eagles' vaunted running game. Um, but what will the Eagles' running game look like, Mick? Um, we've got Sanders, Hurts, and, and Howard all listed as questionable. Yeah, well, um, Nick Sariani's press conference today looked positive. Um, sounded like um, Hurts and Sanders and Howard were, were um, looking likely to possibly to play on Sunday, but uh, I mean, we've heard that before, haven't we? We heard uh, Jalen Hurts explicitly said, yeah, I'm playing on Sunday against the Jets and one behold, Garner rocks up. Um, so you never quite know what's going to happen over the next couple of days, but um, I think the, the strength uh, of our offensive line is testament to our rush offense. It's, um, we, we still have all of those guys, so I mean, possibly, I think we've said it before, maybe you, maybe Phil could could run up the holes that the that, that offensive line are making. So uh we still should have it. We still should have enough. Like you said, that, that is a formidable rush defense that they've got on paper. But a lot of those guys are out. I mean we're looking at seven of their eight best defensive linemen are all on that COVID list. So I mean we know you know the list is subject to change as of you know tonight, but um it could be a completely different animal that we're facing on Sunday. I mean Phil, just thinking back to the Saints game, you know, they the Saints had a, a top rush defense and we ran all over them. You know, and you know, let's assume that some of these players come back for Washington and we're playing, you know, a, a, a near to full strength defensive t- defensive line. It's not beyond the realms of possibility that the Eagles rush all over another strong uh, running defense, is it? It's, it's just a classic example of play to your strengths, isn't it? We've clearly seen that the best performances from the Eagles this season have been in the running game when they've when they focused on that, regardless of who they've been coming up against. It, it seems like it's 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 a well-oiled machine. The the, the offensive line are uh, are greased up and ready to go, and um, the running backs, no matter who's been behind them, have done pretty well across the board. Even Sanders, you know, for his uh, for his sort of injuries and stuff has come back in and put up two consecutive hundred yard ish games. Um, and I think Howard should be back now. I think he's, he's had enough rest. He should be coming back. I would imagine I, like, like Mick said, it all seems quite positive. I, I would imagine we'll have most, if not all of the rushing aspect of our attack coming back. I can, I'm like, and, and again, as we've, as we've already alluded to, the, the Washington football team, we don't know who we're going to be facing, but the chances are it's going to be at least 50% down uh, on the defensive side of the ball. So um, it has all the hallmarks and the potential for it, to, for it to go that way. But as we know, things invariably never go the way we expect them to, especially with the Eagles. So it remains to be seen, but I think we should be, going, we should be positive going into that. I think, like you said, the Saints game should be a massive fillet in terms of, you know, it doesn't matter who, what, what grade the defence is, we know we're good enough. So that should be the main focus, I think. The the Washington defence has improved since their own bye week in week 10. They, they were in the bottom half of the the league for, for points allowed per game. Um, they're now in the top 10 
um, because they've become quite stingy, often keeping opponents to to less than 20 points. So we're definitely going to need our offence that we saw versus the Jets rather than the one that we saw against the Giants. Mick, what, what's the key for you on offence for the Eagles in this game? Uh, the key for me, I think, is is doing what we do well. Um, I think in the giant in the Giants game, but I think I don't know. It was, it was so strange. A lot a lot just went wrong in the Giants game. It was just one thing after another, after another, after another, and you could you could just put it down to you know that's the game and in the season that was just a disaster. Um, for for whatever reason, every team has one of those games, and it, it just wasn't our night. Against the Giants, I just, I just don't feel uh, we obviously underperformed, like well underperformed, um, against New York, and you know I, I don't see that happening again. And if it does, <laughs> I'm pretty sure the crowd is going to let Jalen Hurts know it. Um, if if he if he isn't performing to you know at least the standards um, expected, uh, because you know Gardner Minshew went out against the Jets and performed really really well, and. Uh, you know, and Nick Sariani called a really good game against um, against the Jets and had a, a really good balance between running it uh, and uh, the passing game. And, he, and, and, you know, he kept it really simple for, for Minshew with a lot of short passes, short targets. He should probably keep to that formula. I think, um, uh, I think that... You know, it, that, that's, what's, that, that's what's working for us just now. And... Um, you know, Washington's past defense is, is one of the worst in the league. You, you, you're third, third worst in the league for the past past defense. So they're obviously susceptible to that. Um, well, not Jalen Hurts can hit the target on the night. Yeah, it remains to be seen, but uh, we're all hoping that if, if we keep it simple, stupid, as Phil would say, um, we can absolutely overcome them. Teams generally beat Washington by throwing the ball because of their um, you know, their, their run defense is so good. If the Eagles have to turn to the pass game, one player that really needs to, that we need to find more is Devontae Smith. You know, 15 yards against the Jets, 22 yards against the Giants. He's, he's been quite quiet amid all of the, the hope and expectation that was there for him. Phil, it, why do you think he's been quite quiet in the passing game? Because there hasn't really been much of a, a passing game, I think. In general, it's been Hertz's weakest quality. I think we can all agree. Um, and when the when they suddenly decided that the run run game was for them and started operating on the ground a bit more, then that's obviously going to have a massive impact on the amount they throw. So the Atlanta game seemed a bit of a an anomaly at this point, where sort of he had a good game there. The you know and the and the touchdown. That he had in that game, I think in general since then he's he's going to suffer because that, that came out in the frustrations that he showed a few weeks back when you know he probably got put it back in his place against the Jets and there was an arguments to say that um, maybe he was not being punished but being reminded that he is but a small cog in a very large machine and and ultimately the team's goal is more important than the individual's goal. Um, so maybe we might see just a bit more uptake, a bit more uptake in the throwing game because there's because there's a need. Ultimately, I think what I what I'd like to see happen is I want to see a bit more of a a hybrid combination. So instead of being pass heavy or run heavy, they they need to find the perfect balance. Throw it when they think they're going to run, run when they think they're going to pass. Like 
creating that kind of dis- disconnect for the the defense is is the key. It does, you know, they, they, we know they can run all over them, but they'll soon figure that out. It's about being um, flexible and adapting to make sure that the defense can't get a grip in the game. I think that's the most important thing. So if 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 they can get a bit more of the passing going, we we we've seen his quality. We know we know how good he he can be. Whether it's lack of opportunity or or something else that's going on, we, you're right. We definitely need to see more from him. But I don't necessarily want to put it all at his feet. I think generally he's 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 a casualty of an Eagles team that's trying to, been trying to find their identity, trying to work out exactly what the right way to win is. And so far, because that's been the run game, the passing game suffered. And I think you could almost multiply his stats by say two or three, and that would be where he would be if the passing game was actually more of a dominant feature, I think. But Mick, turning the attention to, to Washington's playmakers, they've obviously got Heineke at, at quarterback and, you know, he's not one of your, your big name quarterbacks, but he's shown he can do enough to win games in the National Football League. But he does have a couple of playmakers around him that the Eagles are going to have to keep their their eyes on in particular is there anyone that jumps out from your side uh well yeah i mean scary terry um is, is obviously the, the 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 number one threat um whether or not he plays actually because he's in concussion protocol just now so there's a chance that, that terry mccorren doesn't make it on the field on sunday along with <laughs> the rest of the roster um, but you know, even Cam Sims, he he's been added to the COVID list. So I mean, they're, they're dropping like flies over there. We've already just sort of discussed that. But no, T- Terry's definitely um, the the you know the playmaker they want to watch. Yeah, scary talent, um, an excellent wide receiver. But on the opposite side, you know, we've got lockdown corners. Um, Slay is is having a pro bowl season. Um, Nelson is coming back from injury uh, from Sunday. He he was on the, the he had a full practice today on the on the walkthrough. Um, so we expect him to start on Sunday. Uh, so you know we should have enough to you know mark him out of the game almost as long as Jonathan Gannon can see that because it's I don't, I don't want to turn this into the we hate Jonathan Gannon show, but. Um, the preparations that he does during the week don't seem to transpire on the field until at least the third quarter. So um, we'll see how the defence actually is set up on Sunday and whether or not you know we, we stick to this too high safety um, uh, scheme that he, that he seems to be still running at the moment. But, uh, you know, you've also got Antonio Gibson, which is, you know, a, a very dangerous running back, whether or not, Washington lean heavily on the running game remains to be seen, but you know that Washington you, you can't underestimate this team. I know that they have a lot of um, a lot of players potentially out, uh, but their offensive line has been pretty good this this year, so uh, it'll be a good matchup for our defensive line for sure. Speaking of the defensive line, I I I don't know whether it's just me, but I really want to see. I know we get a few quarterback pressures and hits, but I really want to see those sack numbers in increase. Mm-hmm. And I just don't feel like we're we're. And I know it's a bit of a a, a vanity metric, isn't it? The the sack. Um, you know, the, the NFL executives they look more at you know the, putting the QB under pressure, but you still want to see your players getting sacked. And after a a strong 
start, Hargrave went off the boil a little bit, but we've seen Josh Sweat step up in the last couple of games. How do we think the, the defensive line is going to perform in, in this one, Phil? Well, they seem to have been, the defensive line's not been, been quite good. In terms of the, the rush defence, when you talk about Gibson a second ago, it's like, I'm not too worried about that. It seems that we're very sort of solid at sort of stopping any big run plays. It's very unusual for the Eagles to concede a, a massive chunk of yardage on the run play. Um, but you know, I, I, I think we, the whole fan base is crying out for a bit more electric, electricity, a little bit more excitement from the defensive side. So, you know, even if it blows up in our face and we can see 40, 50 yards to, to Terry McLaurin once in a game, I think people can almost live with that for the other few times that they do it. And, you know, there's three defensive linemen on top of the quarterback at the end of it. And we get a bit, you know, you get as much of a boost from that as you do sort of a big chunk when you're, when you're throwing it yourselves down, down the field. And I think, I think ultimately, there needs to be a little bit more, like he's very, like you mentioned, he doesn't adapt. Uh, Jack Gannon doesn't adapt until the, the third quarter. I think that's that's the biggest improvement that we need to see from the defense. Is if it's not going right in the first quarter, then it's not until the third quarter that they finally get it right. And the, the offense, you know, if the offense doesn't keep up, it's sort of two touchdowns down. It, it, sometimes it can be too late. I think he needs to be show a bit more sign of okay, the way to do this is to be a bit more blitzy, or the way to do this one is to is to let them. Let them throw a bit more because the quarterback is sort of not making the throws he should be. It's sort of it's that sort of reading the game earlier. I think is the most important thing for the defense. So I mean, just jumping back to the Washington defense, they've allowed just uh, just seventy first downs on the ground, fourth best in the NFL. Um, and so if the Eagles fail to move the chains that that means we're going to see the special teams unit a little bit more which brings us nicely on to a brand new segment the sipos spotlight <laughs> the punter from down under he had one kick versus the jets dropped it inside the 20 field position could be absolutely crucial in this game phil Oh dear! How did I? How did we not see this coming, Mick? I feel I like know. we've been blindsided. Yet it was painfully obvious there was going to be a massive Sipos segment <laughs> in this uh, in this pod. To be honest, uh, we we as much as we joke about uh, Anthony's infatuation with the the Aussie, it's um it has been a massive part of the game that kind of goes quite under the radar. Is how how good he's he has been. You know, when we lost Cam Johnston. Um, last season, um, we all thought that it, you know he was a bit of a gem that we were, we were going to miss greatly. But Sipos has come in and almost been better um, than he has, and some of the some of the punts are are pretty ridiculous. And it's it, it's sort of it's a it's a it's a steadying factor when you've got someone where you know okay we've got a four you know we're on fourth down in our own in our own, our own area of the field, but we've got Sipos, so there's a good chance that we're going to get good field position. And, and ultimately, we need it, I suppose, with the amount that we give up on the short plays all the way down the field. We need as much field as we can to try and get Slay to do another pick six, because that seems to be the only good thing that come, has come from Gannon's defence. So, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of never thought I'd be as excited as a, about punters as I am, but clearly I'm not even close to how excited that you are, <laughs> 
I'm waiting for him to lift up his jumper with a Sipos jersey underneath. One, I'm waiting one for him to rip, rip off the mask and it be Sipos. <laughs> <laughs> I'll need to check his, <laughs> check his family history. He must be related or something. Uh, it, it could be a close game depending on how the injuries go for, for Washington with a field goal making all the difference. Mick, Jake Elliott is having an absolutely storming season, but just how good is the holding from Sipos? Sipos <laughs> <laughs> oh, is a world class at holding a football in place for Jake Elliott to swing a leg at it. Uh, a lot actually said about it. <laughs> a lot, a lot. I mean, very, very, very good. But I think a lot has to be said that Jake Elliott is having an absolute season as well, and I guess you can probably. A portion, some of that, I suppose, if we're going to live, give uh, Anthony some sort of some room to sort of gloat and and say that it was all the punters holding. Um, but to be fair, Elliot's been nigh on perfect for the whole season. It feels like, and yeah, that's going to come down to him. So yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that a little bit. Yeah, Elliot's been great. Like like we said, I think we said that in our last podcast. And he had the the NFC uh, special teams player of the month. So. Um, this is getting recognised. He's been playing very well, especially like, like I think we also mentioned like, again last week was that um, a lot, a lot of the kickers this season are, are missing the the point after touchdown, the um, field goals for you know not not even the the long range ones, but even you know the the, the ones that, that they're expected to make. So uh, it's it's great to have that sort of reliability in there. But you know if when, if we get so far down the field that. Elliot's going to put it between the sacks. I think I think we're waiting for some some uh, trick plays before I get really excited about Sipos. I want to see. I'd love him, a fake punt. I'd I want to see it. him toss it to to. Uh, careful what your nice word is. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see him toss it and then throw. Um, and I want to see him, you know, throw it down the field or or even run for a first down or something like that. That that will be when we'll all be Sipos uh, fans. I was going to try and think of something alliteration then, but. It's escaping me. I'm sure you've got plenty in the book, Anthony. Give us some some Sipos alliteration. Yeah, there you go, Mick. But again, that has its own connotations. I'm sure there are. <laughs> <laughs> no, but do you know what? It's been fantastic. Just jumping back to Jake Elliott, it's been fantastic to see him rebound from a couple of seasons ago when he was. He, he got a little bit shaky. He was missing a few um, point afters. He was missing a few field goals from in and around the 30-yard mark. And you started to think that he was on his way out. But for him to rebound and for having the season he's, he's having is fantastic. You know, you don't want to be nervous when your field goal kicker is about to go up and kick for three points. You know, how many games in the NFL come down to field goals it it's it's loads so to feel like you've got someone who can go out there and is automatic even you know from 40 50 yards is fab now that is the end of the sipos spotlight the punt the, the punter from down under i'm going to speak to our producers about some music for that for for future weeks just to add a little <laughs> bit of razzmatazz I'm going to I'm going to stick with special teams Mick. I'm going to ask you is Rager taking it to the house this week? Of course he has. Rager take. <laughs> I'm going to be I'm going to be um putting it in the chat anyway. Rig to the house every single time. Um no. Well, well the thing is um 
is is Rager going to get a, a, a higher role this week? Um, we, we know he has seen his, his fair few targets over the last few games. A lot to you know, a lot of people's disappointment. They saw a lot of targets against the Giants and and you know missed those vital catches at the vital time of the game to see it off. But uh, Quez Watkins is 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 out this week. He's on um, our COVID list, which um, only extends to a couple of players, thankfully, so far. Um, knock on wood that that doesn't extend any further. But you know, the rigger could have um, a bit more a bit more to do in this game. Uh, I know we're talking specifically punt returns there, but uh, you know, I think if if there's a game for for rigger to come up big to to prove. He's got something in him, just anything to, to show the fans that, you know, there's a player in there somewhere deep down. Uh, it will be this game because of how banged up Washington now. Um, you know, they've lost a couple of corners. They've lost a lot of their defence. So, um, we're I think hoping if he that... Doesn't, I think if he doesn't take it to the house in this game, he will be taking the uh, employment check to his house. Most <laughs> well, likely. that's it. Because <laughs> okay, they've lost a lot of special teams players as well, Washington. So, I mean, we should be we should be gashing them on special teams. But I say should our special teams unit is terrible. We we talked about it last week. They they just don't ever seem to return it any more than five ten yards at any given point, and uh, the opposite side of the ball seem to give up yardage nearly every single time. It's I, I really would like to see a lot of improvement from that unit in its entirety. Sands. Jake Elliott and Arne Sippos, of course. So Mick thinks Rager's going to take it to the house. I think some Eagles fans want to take Rager to Quez Watkins' house so he gets COVID and doesn't play this week. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey, maybe John Hightower will um, be activated and, and have some more reps. Like he's still on maybe the we'll pick up Travis Fulgham off a... Uh... Oh, he's, he's released from Miami. By yeah. a Dolphins. I can see that coming back and having another... End of season purple patch. <laughs> Return of the Fulgham. It's what we've all been craving for. You know, and you know, there's a wide receiver actually on the roster that we've not even mentioned, which is Ortega Whiteside. And Wait, you know, you it, it's this you mean the tight end? <laughs> yes, yeah. The uh the, the expert blocking wide receiver. And is is this a game with Watkins out that we could potentially see him on the field a little bit more? We've seen we've seen a a few, well, a couple occasions this season, some some fairly decent catches by all means, and key key catches at that. There's a couple of first downs that he's just been responsible for, and I think I'm not opening the door for like the grand uh, rebirth of Ortega Whiteside in the Eagles team. However, you know if he comes in, that is the nail in the coffin. That is the final nail in the coffin for Rago. If Ortega Whiteside can come back in and perform. Um, but at the end of the day, we all just want an Eagles team that's capable of winning. So we've never been particularly... We're pretty harsh on players when they don't perform, but we've never been particularly cold either. So as soon as, if a player's performing, he will get embraced back in. But, you know, it would be absolutely incredible to see him come out and have an absolute 100-yard receiving game in ridiculous fashion. doesn't matter who it's against. I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't caveat it, but it's a case of... You know, can you imagine saying the words, Ortega Whiteside had an MVP level game and got a touchdown in 100 yards. I think we'd all just, we'd all just check what we were drinking, I think. I've, ever since he got drafted, I've wanted him to 
for the Eagles to have a game-winning drive um, as time expires and for Ortega Whiteside to catch four for 70 yards and the touchdown, just so I can see the, the headline, Ortega Mega Drive. Go, go. <laughs> for only, for only realising that you're going to be hosting the pod maybe two days ago, you've, you've really cranked up the uh, <laughs> the puns. <laughs> Well, I've had I've had nothing else to do with it being a bye week, so Ortega uh... Mega Drive, fantastic. <laughs> That's my new fantasy team for next season. <laughs> is that your outside of the box prediction, Ortega Whiteside, one hundred yard game, Phil? Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> well, you don't do it. I've got a claw back at some point somewhere. I can't be predicting Ortega Whiteside. Don't don't get me wrong. <laughs> It is outside the box. It, it is. I mean, we we just don't know. Like we've we've talked about, we don't we don't know who's going to be turning up on the field on either side of the ball on either team. So absolutely, at this point, if you're going to pick a game to pick something absolutely crazy, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, when Dave Spadaro was on, he was predicting Tyree Jackson was going to score a touchdown. And he hasn't seen the field yet, as far as I'm aware. Um, it could be a game where he gets brought in. You know anything's possible I think it's this is literally the worst time to try and make any predictions you might as well just stick your head out the window and see what happens <laughs> and see what hits you <laughs> we um we were talking about I think uh, white side having a hundred yard game we're gonna I mean, say that, it again I, really. I was uh, we were talking about him having a hundred yard game that being your outside the box prediction in all honesty we could say any Eagles wide receiver to have a 100 yard game and that would be an outside the box prediction they've not really shown up this year but you know like you said earlier Phil that's more to do with with the passing game than it is on an individual wide receiver we, we've started talking about outside the box predictions so we'll come on to predictions now it's a bit of a shorter podcast this week because we've not had the uh, the review of the, the previous game to look at because of the bye week um, so moving on to predictions then, um, we're going to stick our necks out here, aren't we, with uh, 17 players who may play, may not play, and we're just going to make a decision based on how the hell we're feeling right now, and all of that could change come Sunday at 6 o'clock. So who wants to go first? Phil's just take, uh, sorry, Mick's just taken a nice big swig of whiskey there, so uh, Mick, you can go first now. You've uh, replenished your thirst. That's fine. Needs an extra jag in me. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, we're going for the first first Bird's touchdown scorer. Um, I believe is our first one. Uh, let's go for... See, I usually go some, for someone safe, but I think I'll change my mind. I'm gonna get, let's, let's go. Let's go, Rager, man. Fuck it. Interesting. Rager. I'll take a white side. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? You've got it in my head now. And I'm just like, you know, come to the end of the season, I don't think I've got any hope of catching you guys. Um, you guys have been far too lucky in your picks. Absolutely no amount of skill in it whatsoever. Um, yeah, let's go with um, I'll take a white side. <laughs> I can't even believe I'm so, I can't even <laughs> keep a straight face when I'm saying it. I'm looking forward to this graphic going out and everybody's like before listening to the podcast, you know. What the hell? 
<laughs> what are those guys smoking? <laughs> no, I can't do it. I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm wimping out. I can't say a thing. Watch. I just can't. <laughs> I'm gonna go and got it. <laughs> got it. Wise decision. Um, I've also got Goddard as mine as well. Goddard. Well, he did have he had his breakout game, didn't he, against the Jets? He was absolutely fantastic. Uh, hope for more of that. Love it. Breaking, so breaking tackles and just like bossing the game. Get it? You know the way he was getting open as well was just they just they just couldn't handle him, could they? Um, so next up we've got uh, most receiving yards. Phil, I'll come to you first to mix it up a little bit. Ortega Whiteside again. <laughs> uh, um, he's definitely going to be me outside the box. I think I'll go with a touchdown for Ortega Whiteside for me outside the box. Don't worry, guys. Don't you know? I'm not. I'm not going to back out that much. But most receiving yards, I think I'll go with. Um, the thing is, it just seems after last game, it seems like it's got to be Goddard. But I just feel like I'm willing into existence. <sighs> Trying to work out who's going to be the, the who's going to be on the pitch, let alone let alone who's going to get the most receiving yards. So I'll, I'll go with um, I'm going to stick with Smith. I think he's got to have a good game. He's got to. Right, I, I'm going to go for for Rager for this one. Oh really? Do you see a big uh, a, a Rager bomb, or is it more of a cumulative effort throughout the game, or is it one? One just big play. I've not done that much thought into it, Mick. I've just picked a player's name. <laughs> oh, well, this is what Liam does. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it raises more more questions. I think if he has a, a massive game like that, is that it takes a massive injury hit or decimation of both both teams for for Rega to have a big game. So it's yeah. a lose lose situation for him, isn't Basically, it? If he doesn't yeah. play well. It's bloody hell. You didn't even perform well against third string defence and then if he has a big game it's well yeah it was against a bunch of kids <laughs> bunch of people off the Washington street <laughs> <laughs> the guy the burrito van outside the stadium um, okay so it is most, most yards uh, I'll go for I'll just I'll, I'll be boring I'll, I'll go for I'll go for Dallas Goddard is that who you no went explanation for required. Goal, no, Phil went for the one Smith. Of course, yeah, yeah. So we're on rushing yards now. So we've got one of the top rushing teams in the league, but we've got question marks over three of the key rushers against one of the league's best rushing defences with multiple question marks over their entire team. Um, I'm going to go for 170 yards. Very, very conservative, though, I think, given what you've just said. Um, I'm going with the Saints logic and ignoring the rate, the rating of the defence. And like you've, uh, as well, you've also said about the fact that we have no idea who's going to be there. Um, so I'm going to go with about 230. Two thirty. Mm. Wow. I just think I just think it's it's our strongest part of the game, and th- like the caveat of Washington have got a really good run defense, just doesn't really feel like it's going to be applicable. So I think on that logic, you have to kind of ignore that a little bit. So we'll yeah, see. I can see that. I can see that. I cannot wait for Hurt Sanders and Howard to not play, and between the Minshew 
Gainwell and Boston Scott pick up 230 yards. <laughs> Gonna happen. Doesn't matter who it is. They can have Ortega Whiteside rushing for all I care. A wide receiver run. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, like you said, the, the, um, the run game has been excellent and it's obviously a testament to the, the offensive line. Uh, I'll, I'll go. I'm going to go high as well. Um, maybe not as high as Phil. I'll just maybe meet in the middle. I'll go for 210 rushing yards on the day. It's going to depend on if Jalen Hurts starts as well. So, because um, you know, well, he's he's RB one. Um, Sanders RB two. Uh, if if he also makes uh, makes it on Sunday, so we'll we'll, we'll see. But I've I've got a good feeling that we'll hit over 200. One of the topics we spoke about earlier was sacks and how we're all clamouring for, for more. How many do you see us getting in this game against a, a, an offensive line that um, has been good for Washington? Um, but obviously this game is going to have a big asterisk next to it if 17 players miss out due to COVID. Mick? Yeah, I think even with the, 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 the COVID um, injuries, that Washington have a lot of the, I don't think any of them are on their offensive line uh, well correct me if I'm wrong I'm not entirely sure I don't have the list in front of me but um, as you said their offensive line is pretty strong and our defensive line whilst I like the interior those edge rushers I'm just I'm still not sold on Josh Sweat's performance this whole season and Derek fucking Barnett as, as he's been coined Um Similarly, but also, I mean, the guys in reserves like uh, Ryan Kerrigan has done next to nothing this season. Uh, I'm not sure. And and Jonathan Gannon doesn't like to blitz. He's, I think we're one of the teams in the NFL that, that you know, we don't really try and get to the quarterback. We sort of drop into coverage a lot of the time. Uh, so with all that in mind, I'm just going to go for one sack, just one sad, lonely sack, as I went for the week before. From that's a nice segue. One sad, lonely sack. Phil, what's your uh, prediction? <laughs> wow, you're, you're you're not hosting again, are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it feels like picking a number between one and four, and whichever one floats your boat. I'm going to go with two. But it always seems to be wrong as well. Yeah, whatever I do, it always <laughs> seems to be like if I think you think you're going to have a poor game defensively they'll they'll sack them three times and get three pick sixes and it'll be like oh defense turned up for a change and then next week we go well defense played well oh uh, this team's terrible on offense well they're going to get like five sacks and it'll be like none um i'm just gonna go with two same reason as, as mick really it's sort of i don't feel like it'll just be one i'm hoping for more most of my predictions are always just willing it into existence so we'll go we'll go with two well i'm going to try and will it into existence i want sacks i want to see sacks um, I'm going to go for four. Um, I, I think Josh Sweat has a couple of sacks. Um, you know, I want to see that. Really want to see that momentum keep going from him. He's had the, the contract. Um, you know, they're not just paying him for now. They're paying him for what they think he can produce. Um, I, I think we'll continue to to see him develop over the next few weeks and he's going to kickstart that with uh, a couple of sacks um, at the weekend. Um, 
and we'll get four sacks in total. Maybe we'll see uh, the Gravedigger pop back up on the uh, the stat line with a multi-sack game. I, I, to be fair, he got half a sack, didn't he? Um, Gravedigger. So, anyway, yeah, I'll go for four sacks on mine. Nice. Now we get to the outside-the-box predictions. Phil, I'm coming to you first because I want to hear his name again. JJ Arthagan Megadrive is uh, going to get a touchdown in the game. Um, I, I might even go so far as it's going to be one a really bizarre touchdown. It's not going to be like a wide receiver touchdown. It'll be a, a special team bizarro to the house. It will be a um, a fumble like he picked up. Was it against the the Cowboys last season? Oh yeah, last last year. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, 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 got, he got a touchdown basically <laughs> after. Uh, Sanders fumbled it, didn't he? No, was it Sand? No, it wasn't Sanders. I think it was. Or it might, it might have been. I can't remember who it was. But it wasn't anyone conventional. They did all the hard work. Got within five yards, fumbled it, and I think white side just pounced on it. And uh, so I reckon it be something like that. But yes, Arthago white side will get a touchdown against the Washington football team and humiliate them all more than they already will be with the score that I'm going to give you. Oh, <laughs> bless his cotton socks. The uh, yeah, the the I'll say go white side um touchdown. It was on a, a Sanders fumble, it was a long run as well from Sanders, 70 plus yards. Um, and you know, your man was there to to pick up that ball in, in the end zone. Um, so your outside the box prediction, we won't have the whole bizarro play, we'll just keep it nice and simple as uh, as a touchdown. I mean, to be fair, an outside the box prediction could be one catch for for I'll say go white side, but you're going. You're going the whole hog with the, the touchdown. Mick, what does your outside-the-box prediction look like? Ooh, um, I don't know. I always just think of that on the spot, as we always do. Uh, but I was I was just looking up some, maybe some stats about turnover differential. So I noticed watching the highlights last week, uh, Washington against the Cowboys, uh, it, it seemed to turn in a, turn, a game of turnovers where Dak would throw an interception and then Heineke would... Um, pretty much throwing an interception straight back to them, uh, which was was entertaining for the for the neutral who, you know, against two division rivals. You're not sure who to root for because you know the playoff implications. We want Washington to lose every game, but it's also Dallas. Fuck Dallas. We never want them to win either. So a bit of a rock and hard place, but also win win, I suppose. But uh, yeah, Washington like to turn the ball over. They're one of the worst in the NFL. They're ranked 27th in the NFL for turnover differential. Um, like I said, they, they had four turnovers against the Cowboys. They had one, two the week before and, and uh, one the week before that. So there's a good chance that there's going to be an interception or a fumble. And so I'll go with outside the box. And I, I could go I could go Slay, pick six, something like that. Slay does that on the regular now, so that's not really outside the box. So we'll go with Maddox. Um, I would love Maddox to get a, a pick six. He's had such a great season that it would just be, honestly it would just top it off. Yeah, great season for for Maddox, and obviously rewarded with the uh, the contract as well. So my outside the box prediction it's one that I made about three or four weeks ago, um, but I'm going to make it again because I truly see it happening in this game, and it's a non-Eagles quarterback making a pass. I. I just feel like we're going to see a trick play. I don't know whether that's going to be on Sipos. And if it is on <laughs> Sipos, I'm, I'm just, I'm gone. 
he's dancing around the house naked. I'll, I'll be streak. I'll be streaking down the uh, street naked. Um, or whether it's going to be the Eagles line up in the wildcat, or whether there's a you know Jalen Hurts throws it backwards and there's Rager throwing it downfield. I've got I've got no idea, um, but I do see a non-Eagles QB making a pass we've this got, week. We've got two in the in the squad: Tyree Jackson and um, Greg Ward, obviously registered former quarterback. So yeah, is he? Lane Johnson played quarterback in high school. Bloody hell, he must have been frightening to try and say. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder what his sack record is. I bet it's zero. I would zero. In zero. Just people hanging off him as he launches it forward. <laughs> just extend his other arm and just put it against their head. Like, nope. <laughs> it just reaches forward and passes it into the end zone. There you go. It's just like, there you go. <laughs> I've got all day. <laughs> but... Just to quickly interject, the um, you know Skybet do not have the game listed um, available for betting right now. Okay. I know it's I know it's quite a common thing, especially with the amount of COVID cases. But um, I think the Cleveland Browns are not on it either, so it makes sense that with all that uncertainty, they probably take it off. So we opened up. On it. We opened up as six point favourites uh, at the start of the week. Obviously, it's been taken down now with all the COVID news, but I expect that will that will rise substantially. I won't be placing a bet this weekend on the NFL not with all these COVID cases. It's just um, already shooting the dark. Um, I, I'll just be throwing money into the wind, I'm afraid. So I think I'll stay away from the sky bet this week. <laughs> which brings us to the end of the pod, which may become obsolete if the game is called off Um Maybe we'll just clip out the the Sipos spotlight section and just push that that bit out there if the game gets called off. So there's still content for for our listeners. Um, we'll obviously do all of the predictions. We'll get Liam's pop it in the graphic as normal. Get it on our social channels, and when we do, make sure you let us know what your predictions are as well. So Mick, Phil, thank you very much for for joining us on this Wednesday evening to talk. Um, Eagles and to talk about the game potentially going ahead, potentially not going ahead, um, and for um, putting up with me with all of the SIPOS talk as well. Um, thank you um, to all of our listeners as well. Um, keep on listening. The, the, but we do share the stats internally, and the uh, the listens have been going up and up and up. So uh, thank you very much for for sharing the podcast, listening to the podcast, and um, until. Next time, fly, Eagles, fly.